want to make sure that we don't forget that the world is not just made up of one kind of people. We need to be open-minded. I mean, design is really the best foreign policy. Hey, I'm Kavalo Broy and this is Design This Way. On today's episode, I have with me Yaling Yu. And we recorded this episode at Curious Design Yatra 2018 in Goa. Yaling is the founder of one of my top favorite design studios from around the world, Foreign Policy Design. Foreign Policy is an award-winning design bureau and think tank of artists, problem solvers, polymaths, storytellers and strategists. Yaling also co-created the official museum at the National Gallery of Singapore called Gallery and Co. She is the president of Design Society in Singapore. Before I tell you more about what we discussed on this episode, I have a confession to make. I never imagined that in less than a few months of launching this podcast, I will be having one of my top favorite designers on my show. It was a completely surreal moment for me and when we started this recording, I got extremely nervous and I totally forgot to set the accurate frequency setting for our microphone. So the whole episode got recorded in a low fidelity sound. I realized my mistake after we had already done the recording and at that point it was too late. I apologize for this mistake and especially to Yaling Yu who took out the time from her busy schedule to make this episode happen. But I'm just glad that I, I didn't panic during the recording and I was able to have a good conversation. And I have done enough post-processing to the sound so that our words are legible. I would recommend you listen to this one using your headphones. It sounds a bit clearer that way. And in future, I might have to prepare myself for situations like these. Well, in today's episode, we talk about Yaling's journey as a designer and about how she started Foreign Policy Design Bureau. We talk about some of the projects created by the Design Bureau, including Brand Guide, Critical Mass, Space Program, Gallery & Co. We also talk about activity-based projects like Lumen Sessions and The Swap Show. And Yaling shares her opinion on design in Singapore and its future. If you want to look at the projects while listening to this podcast, all the links are available in the episode description. Also, you might occasionally hear a third voice in this episode. That's Sukriti. She is one of my introvert friend and also a fan of foreign policy design. She wanted to be there while we were recording. Today's episode has been designed this way. Now, without further delay, I present Yaling Yu. podcast. Hey, really great to be in here. Um, it's a nice surprise. Uh, I didn't expect myself to be on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and in India. So um, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Can I take a moment to show you a personal list of uh, my favorite studios around the world? Sure. Uh, so th these are my favorite studios around the world. Yeah, I was, um, I'm, I'm really flattered. <laughs> um, I'm, sh I'm sure the team will be too. So. Yeah, it's amazing how people know about 
foreign policy. So I love the kind of work you do, and it's it's very original. It's very it has its own language. It has its own voice, and uh, so. Let's talk about uh, the first time you came to India recently for uh, for the Curious Design Awards, mm -hmm. and you Instagrammed a picture of uh, of interesting uh, hand lettering you saw around India. How was it? Like, what was the first thing you saw? I was quite blown away because I was actually on a taxi cab coming from the airport to the hotel, and along the journey, I mean, there was construction going on because Mumbai is on a sort of upgrading mode, right? Um, so I thought I saw one or two, so that kind of a billboard, but it's not. It's like the entire stretch of that road, it's that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> if you take a really close look, I'm not sure if our listeners can see, but um, th which I did, they are essentially not painted, but hand painted. Yeah, yeah. So that really, my, my, really blow my, my mind away. I was looking at it from the cab, even though I was from the cab, I was quite close to it. Uh, it just kept repeating, right, as I go along. Um, the fonts uh, definitely were hand-painted. Um, so were the other graphics. And what's amazing is, I don't think it was stenciled. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so it's like there's a certain, certain unity and certain consistency in, in the kind of painting of the, the fonts. And that was... A mind-blowing moment for me at that point, so which is why I Instagrammed the image. If you remember on my Instagram story, I, I think I tagged my studio and I said, guys, no vinyls involved. So what's, it's a very common material that first thing they'll ever think of to, when they're making such a billboard is, or signage or hoarding graphic is, oh, just print it on a vinyl sticker and now it's like laser printed. Mm -hmm. It'll be stuck. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's just, you know, apply on like a sticker. Mm -hmm. But God knows that these Indian hardworking <laughs> workers actually are artisans yeah, and yeah. artists <laughs> and craftsmen who painted the fonts over and over. I don't know how many thousands of these pieces of hoarding graphics were made, but it's like forever because I was on that road. Right. So that, that was, I mean, that's something I think it's really precious. It's, you know, it's definitely not practiced in Singapore and I, I truly value it. I, I, I truly saw the beauty in it and that really, as I said, blew my mind away. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. In fact, uh, our truck art is also very interesting. Like that's all hand painted as well. Yeah, I was. I managed to have sort of a half a day tour in Mumbai. Uh, two of my friends brought me around, and I managed to see some trucks. Yeah. I was again. I, it's only those things are only things that I've seen on the movie, you know, <laughs> screens, yeah. and. Lo and behold, I was like standing right there with these two trucks. I was like, hmm. <laughs> you know, like look, looking at this intricacy of the hand-painted quality of the entire truck was covered with uh, lettering, graphics, you know, it's just really amazing, you know. So that was like the first two things that I was really sort of left a huge impression in my, in my mind. So let's talk about your childhood now. You grew up in Singapore and uh, it is an economically booming country yes. and, uh, and a city as well at the same time. It's very interesting to grow. 
What was your earliest creative memory? Did you did you create things when you were a kid? I think uh, well, I think I'm I was just a regular school going student like any other Singaporean kids growing up in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we were, I mean we grew up in the eighties and that was the time when Singapore was right. um, amassing its wealth. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, our parents were the the generation who suffered, you know, um, during, after the independence. Uh, correct, or even before, before during uh, during during the Japanese occupation, the British. You know, my 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 mom was born in 1942, which is during the World War Two. Oh. Grew up during the war, so they were the suffering, hardworking, and pragmatic. The people who actually people who actually Singapore. built Singapore, yeah. yeah. So when the generation of mine came along, we are a little bit more. Um, I guess we're given. A strict sort of um, mandate, like right, right, right. It's very similar to your uh, Indian, <laughs> Indian parents. parents. Yeah, you gotta be a doctor, engineer, lawyer, scientist. Sci- yeah, uh, accountant, whatever. Money, anything right. that has to do with wealth is the first thing that they think of. So naturally, there is a huge emphasis on sciences when I was right. going out. Um, you know, and as a child, you don't know. You're like, oh, I just want to be ahead of my peer. I mean, I'm a bit competitive. <laughs> or you want to be uh, make sure that you're part of this, the tribe that right. goes on the right track. So, I mean, we were kind of molded to think that way because the education is also um, built that way, structured that way, right. where the, the emphasis was on sciences, finance, and all that stuff. Um, my father was an avid photographer, and he he does ah. calligraphy, you know. So I was, you know, daughter, father. You're always influenced by your dad, right? So um, there's always a huge uh, influence from him, you know. Uh, I, I think photography was like the first thing I'm always curious, intrigued by. And then when I see him doing his collar- Chinese calligraphy, mm-hmm. I would want to want to learn, you know. So I think that's sort of my first foray into creativity, perhaps. Yeah, but I think over the years in school, you'll probably see me involved in like designing class T-shirts, <laughs> uh, helping with the sets for the plays or you know what have you. Um, so I think that was quite inert in me, but I I didn't really sort of pursue it because you know I was a science student, you know, doing like. Physics, chemistry, biology was doing pretty right. good in school, and you, you don't think about it when you are like a teenager. It's only when I was in university, uh, I think junior college, which is pre-university or in university, I, I seriously thought about why I was doing um, hmm. organic chemistry. Is yeah. it useful for me? I don't know. Hmm. And I was doing further mathematics. But do I even need so much so much math in in my life? <laughs> <laughs> like differentiation, integration, I don't know. So I was questioning and all these um, physics that I was learning. I, I love physics, but you know, I don't know. So um, I went on to the university. I got into a computer engineering course. Uh, first day at school, at the class, uh, I realized that this is completely not what I was signing up for. You had the feeling when you... I was like, there. no. <laughs> I look because I was we were looking at chips, right? Mm-hmm. Computer chips, and right. you. It's like it's very technical. It's like this is not what I signed up for. Because in my fantasy, I don't know. Maybe, perhaps I didn't read the 
syllabus properly, but mm -hmm. perhaps <laughs> I thought in my fan fantasy it's it's supposed to be giving me uh, the skills to like design a game or some kind of computer graphic related um, stuff. But I guess that was not. So I felt a little bit depressed. I didn't really um, work really hard in university. So I sort of hatched a plan to fail school because what? that's the only way to get out. Uh, my parents would not allow me to um, further my studies overseas because you are doing good in school here. Why do you want to raise money overseas? Things like that, you know. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's very, uh, it's relatable, 100%. And then also at that point, um, well, before I hatched a plan, I forgot one thing. I had a bicycle accident in oh. the school campus. Oh. Um, I was riding with my two good friends, and um, it, it's a very, fairly hilly sort of campus road. Right. And I was not on my bike. It was my friend. He, he's a guy. He's fairly tall, raced a bike. So I was being young and, you know, rash. <laughs> I just didn't, I'm like, oh, it's just a bike. I could wing it, right? So I took his bike. Um, who knows? It's a it's a really narrow uh, road with one lane, and um, there's a bus that comes into the campus, which is a double decker bus. Right. Um, I saw the bus coming along, Whoa. and then suddenly behind him, there's this huge Mercedes like overtaking him into my our lane and coming in. I was like, oh no, I should brake, right? Yeah. I brake, but the brake didn't work. Damn. So I was it was literally I was on top of the peak. I was going down, and it's it's like a curve on going to the right. right. It couldn't stop, so I hit the curb. Wow. And I flew off the bike, the bike, the pendle down the hill, right? Dang. It's a very hilly sort mm. of campus. So I, I think I was unconscious for like a couple of seconds, maybe two minutes, I don't know. Um, I, I hit my, 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 my chin on, on the curb, so when I sat up, my friend, well, I saw them frantically running towards me, dropping their bikes. Uh, everyone like ran towards me. Um, they saw blood coming from my head down. And they thought like I, I hurt myself really seriously. But no, actually I just broke my, my jaw a little bit. My teeth fell off. But that was the moment that I decided that the heck with all this because it was a re really Life emotional. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I decided to hedge that plan after Damn, that yeah, yeah. That's the moments like these that yeah. shape like i mean you never expect and then they shape a lot of yeah. your life afterwards yeah so that was when i decided to make my plans uh you know fill out of school convince my parents uh, you know and then you went to boston right yeah i i went to boston to an art school well actually i at, during my time it's not so prevalent everyone knows like RISD and yale yeah, and yeah. whatever but during my time it's everyone went overseas because they wanted to be uh, doing accounting or business administration or whatever. All my friends out there are doing business courses. So I didn't really have like a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. I had only one friend who was in Boston doing music. She's like the odd one out. I landed in Georgia for like uh, one quarter. I mean, uh -huh. they don't do semester, they do quarters. I decided to stay there for a quarter just uh -huh. to do the basic courses. Uh, and then I wanted to use that spring break to visit um, schools I identify New York and Boston. So you just went to, uh, went to see that I place. see them, yeah. Right. I took the train up with my friends. Um, they were just uh, hanging out with me and I was like, 
taking the chance to check out like SBA, Pratt and all the schools, um, New York, and then uh, went up to uh, New, uh, Rhode Island to check out Yield and um, RISD right. and then Boston was My really... Was that time? I didn't look at Maryland uh, at the time. I was just going day. up. And uh, then I was... Um, didn't really have a huge plan in Boston right. yet because my favorite school was still in um, New York and, and, and Rhode Island. So I went to Boston because my friend's there and really was blown away by the college vibe there. You know, Not only the smart people are there like Harvard and MIT, right? Hmm. The creative people are there, you know, like um, Berkeley College of Music where my friend attended. I was staying with her for a week. And the fact that on the street, everyone was, you know, uh, walking along with the cello, pulling along <laughs> with the guitar. I don't know. It's really like wow. And then um, you see uh, vinyl shop, record shops. Right, right, right. Use right. Um, the fascinating thing is mm. the schools in that area had um, consortium where mm-hmm. you could take um, what you call that special credit courses right, during right, right. summer, and you could take anything. Like for example, if you are like a science, like physics student, atomics physics students in, right. in, in MIT could take a composing course in Berkeley College. Yeah, yeah that's so, the thing about West as well. So like I love that, that exchange. So mm. I think that was one that was one thing that actually made me want to go to Boston. Uh, I, I feel that environment is important. Uh, right. Yeah. And that's why you create a lot of, uh, I mean, you do a lot of things to create a, a proper environment in your studio as well now. Correct. Yeah. That's right. We'll come to that. All we'll right. come to that. But yeah, so after like you... Uh, studied graphic design at Art Institute in Boston. Uh, you worked in certain agencies and places in uh, US as well, right? Yeah, I was. Um, I freelanced a lot when I first graduated. Um, you know, and I was even in LA uh, because of the possible. I mean, I didn't really intend intended to. I uh, in LA to stay in LA for that long because I was just making a road trip after graduation. But I ended up there because this company offered me a visa, which mm-hmm. is important for me, right? At that point. <laughs> yeah. um, and what they do um, is um, educational CD ROMs. Mm-hmm. Mm, we use a lot of, uh, I think it's already obsolete, um, uh, Macromedia Director. That, do you guys know even this? No, no, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, so that's like multimedia. Uh-huh. But I didn't really stay there long because I felt that um, I'm not moving anywhere. It's not I'm not progressing towards what I want to do. It's just very production-based uh, work. I mean, salary is good, but I just... So you were just like working with a brief, proper brief that this is exactly what you should do and yeah, that's what you were creating. Yeah, and right. that's, that's not much designed. Uh, uh. And then I went on to work at... Um, joined an advertising firm in LA, but that didn't work out too because I found myself not the advertising type. Mm-hmm. It, they're doing things that are... I remember the account was MCI, that's a huge um, phone company, communication company uh, in the US before Sprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just churning out like multi different languages of uh, like direct mails. Korean, Spanish, <laughs> Chinese, you yeah. know, like, yeah. I, I don't know, that's not my thing. So I also left the job after like two months. But you stayed in uh, uh, in uh, US for about like 10 years or something. Right? Yeah, uh, 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. So you're hopping jobs one after another. Not say hopping jobs a lot. So after LA, I was like, no, enough, enough of LA. I'm just not an LA girl. So I went back to the East Coast because uh, uh-huh. I was originally... 
I knew where it's gonna move to New York after okay, graduation. Yeah. So my staff was already there with my friend. My 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 friend already moved down with uh, she has family there. So my I, my staff were with her. So I moved back to New York, and that's where I seriously started looking at hmm. the at the kind of studios that I wanted to work with. So mm-hmm. um, I was sort of fortunate enough to work with um, this guy uh, Sheldon Cutler. He mm-hmm. he was quite a big thing during the 60s. Um, he did a lot of the Time Inc. project, uh, more editorial kind of work. So I, in this studio, it's a really small studio, uh, he, started, he started to sort of downsize his studio and started something uh, smaller be- uh, after he, it's kind of his retirement <laughs> second, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, I joined this little studio uh, with him uh, and accountant. Uh, art director and um, uh, studio manager. So it's a really small studio, but mm. I learned a lot because it's really hands-on, and I love being in a small studio. They right. give you, you so that's freedom. the thing about small studios and yeah. small agencies that you get to learn. Uh, I mean, hands-on, and there's a, always a mentor with you and yeah. just one-on-one interaction. Yeah. So I, I think it was great because we were doing a lot of books, annual right. reports, stuff like that. So textbooks even. So I, I really enjoyed that. And then after that, I moved on to a digital agency where we did a lot of uh, website stuff, flash uh, website. Yeah. And then after that, uh, 9-11 happened, dot bomb happened. Right, 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 right. That. My colleagues and I started our own and um, some clients came with us. Uh, and, and then I decided to head home. Uh, that's where we started foreign policy. Foreign policy, I've heard originally was started in New York, if I'm not wrong. Not really. Uh, I, yeah. I had formed a studio with my colleagues um, uh-huh. from the other agency that we used to work together. Right. And uh, it's, it's called Double Yolks. What's her name? Double Yolks. Because my, my partner, she's Korean-American and I know we're yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so foreign policy is really after the... After I moved back, it's a new thing. Yeah. Mm, so you moved back to Singapore. Yes. Was that why, why did you take the decision? I mean, like you were... Well, actually, it's, it's family. My my husband is the only son. His parents were sick, and uh, okay. I think it was the right time to come back. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I know a few designers in Singapore, and they talk a lot about you know, scene design scene in Singapore is booming, and especially since last one decade, it has like yeah. you know that it, yeah. there's Singapore is finding its voice also in yeah. terms of design. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Which I talked about uh, yesterday, a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And uh, let's talk about the time you started foreign policy. Okay, why foreign policy? Why this name? Okay, it's, um, it's it, it actually took, it was a struggle to come up with the right name. So uh, right. I think it was, I have to admit, it just came up after I took a nap and I woke up and then foreign <laughs> policy came to me. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I don't know, maybe I was reading too much newspaper or something, but um, I, that name stuck. Because so, it's very evocative, you know, when we think about it, somebody says foreign policy design, how does it relate to design? But how, do you, like, I mean, yes, now... Yes, there is. I mean, um, we, I mean, as you know, I worked in New York and amongst my colleagues, we are all from different parts of the world, you know, my right. Venezuela art director, uh, people from Lithuania, my intern, my Korean-American partner, um, people from, uh, a lot of my friends are Europeans, mm-hmm. uh, Japanese, Koreans, um, right. a very, maybe one or two New Yorkers, very, very few New Yorkers, Russians, Siberians. I, I think that was really interesting because we all have different perspectives and different ways of doing things. And I, I really want to keep that in 
in uh, when we're organizing our studio, we, we I want to keep that DNA. I want to make sure that we don't forget that the world is not just made up of one kind of people, one kind of mentality, perspective, perspective one yeah. way of doing things. We need to be open-minded. Um, so foreign policy, I mean, design is really the best foreign policy, I feel. Ah, <laughs> so. this, is, this is so true. And, and why does it sound so Singaporean when I think about it? Really? Yeah, there's foreign policy. Maybe, maybe, maybe our founding prime minister is really good at foreign policy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think that, that also, now, now I think uh, even though you got this in your dream, it makes sense now. It okay. does, it does. In, either perspective when it comes to Singaporean design and even how you mentioned that Possibly, the kind of influences yeah. that I mean that's interesting have. you mentioned it because I have not thought about it in the Singaporean perspective way but, but now that yeah. you have that it's it just let's add that on the website <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. sure yeah, we should do that all right <laughs> and why do you call it a design bureau and not a graphic design firm or a branding firm bureau because they are quite small mm-hmm. and um, I think every okay this is a bit of a I wouldn't say marketing ploy, but <laughs> I, I, we do want to stand out from the rest of the other studios. Everyone call themselves the graphic design studios, I think. <laughs> but we also want to differentiate ourselves because we do bring uh, a different set of skill sets to a um, graphic designer because my partner, uh-huh. he has an MBA. Uh-huh. He is a strategic, um, uh, he has a very strategic sort of uh, marketing and uh, finance and uh, right. business management background. Ah, I yeah yeah. I've seen his, some of his interviews, and he talks a lot about business. Right. Side, right. So strategy is a very big thing in our our, our DNA. I mean, I am very interested in it myself as well. But he has the knowledge and the education and the background to back it. But me, right. I I think I'm good as as uh, I'm not as good as great as him but I, I think I'm good because I have also the design side to support what I could um, you know propose or proclaim not proclaim but propose <laughs> to to my client but so strategy is something that is uh, it's rare to find in a typical graphic design studio right and mm-hmm. for us what's important is um, we're just not creating beautiful things yeah. not just about that because that's the basic we want to make sure that whatever we do um, help to, I mean, tell a story. Yeah, that was what I said before, but everyone's, Even, saying, yes. everyone's saying that right now. Yeah, storytelling story is a <laughs> yeah, but, as well. But, but. but we, what's important is there is, um, there is something to what we're trying to do there. Like um, it evokes uh, emotion from, yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's really important. And we're not just, like I said, not just churning out beautiful stuff. It's big. There's Beauty, a to it. yeah, there should be a meaning to it. it should be there should be um, uh, uh, what you call that the, the the bone to whatever we're trying to make. Yeah, the yeah. meat to the bone. Yeah. yeah. So I I think that was what we were trying to do. I mean, still um, to differentiate ourselves from the rest of the graphic designers. And you spend a lot of time creating a brand for yourself, I the did. brand identity of your your own stu- bureau. Oh, I would okay, say. okay. Yeah. Like uh, the verbal language you talk in, like you use street cred. Yeah, yeah. okay. So there is. And even the cobalt blue that you use for your whole of the branding? Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so we have this thing about. um, I mean, there is this use of um, the Heffler serif typeface, which is very classic. Right. um, Because we also want to communicate the fact that we are intelligent designers. 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I wanted to play. I love mixing typefaces, font, right. which is why you see the strange. Yeah, yeah. Why do you have a mono case uh, and then yeah. there is a. And suddenly there's script there's on script, the top. Yeah, and then there's a the handwriting. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's kind of quite me because I, I, want, I want to show that we are a little bit quirky, uh-huh. but there's intelligence in it and we are not um, thinking like the conventional way. You know, we, whatever right. we propose, it will be slightly off the track, but it would be a great solution. I think that's what I was trying, trying to communicate to. <laughs> the website <laughs> but I think my team got it really well to the, the team um, who worked mm. with me on the website uh, they understood and they amplify it more you know with um, and even the pastel colors that you have on the website and right. well, it's really interesting it's really interesting and and uh, even like uh, you do a lot of uh, in-house activities and uh, different you notice <laughs> Lumen let's talk about Lumen okay uh, Lumen, okay, so when we first started, we always say that this um, work cannot be just be work, you know, I mean like you cannot just be sitting behind a computer and doing stuff or mm-hmm. uh, creating, because creating you need source of inspiration. What do you, what do, you do to get inspiration? Everyone, everyone asks me that today, you know. Um, that's why I started to say we, we need to do this thing called Lumen. Lumen is actually a sharing session that, mm. that we, uh, we do, we try to do it every every month on a Monday, that mm. was the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone could share anything under the sun, you know. In fact, you have somebody, I, I do, if I'm not wrong, one side, I, I, because I keep going on your website okay. from time to time, just to see what's happening. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I saw one time there was like a Korean script learning. Uh, I mean, oh, you had, yes, you had a tutorial yes, yes, for yes, Korean yes. script? Yeah, because... Um, one of my interns, that was a, long, a, while, a while ago, she, uh-huh. uh, she was really into, I mean, she's still into Korean, Korean culture and therefore uh-huh. a lot of them picked up uh, Korean. So I was like, okay. You were learning Hangul. You have to give a session uh, on, uh, on teaching us uh, Hangul. Yeah. And that's what she did. She did. So it's, it's, it's anything because any, when you're designing something, it, you, you cannot just be reading design books. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because design comes in the intersection of a lot of things. Your life. There's politics, there's yeah. life, there's languages, there's cultures, there's... Yes. There's so that's what we wanted to do. And also it's uh, two other things that we wanted to sort of get people to be comfortable with is public speaking, right. present, presenting their ideas and thoughts. And the other thing is when they present, they better design a hell good-looking set of slides. I'm sure after this podcast, a lot of people will think of doing something similar. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, and uh, you also did uh, this Brand Guide Singapore, which is one of my favorite, favorite work that okay. your studio has done. And I was going to buy that book and it just it just sold <laughs> off like real quickly. Right. Uh, so, uh, when do you think about it and what was the process, if you can walk us through? And, and uh, from what I know, like uh, you just made 1,000 copies or something? 2,500. 2, okay, 2,500 yeah, copies. Okay. And uh, you had iconic homegrown brands in Singapore that you tried to show on that. That's what I find interesting in that book is you took the perspective of the owners who started the brand. You took the perspective of the history and the place and not just a shallow discussion of the visual look and feel yes, of that. Yes, correct. Yeah. And what I feel is the actual matter, the story and the people bring to the, to the brand. Yes. Yes. So yes. So brand guide came about uh, maybe late 2012. 
uh, I was uh-huh. I was just having a conversation uh, and I was like, oh my god, these books, they are, I mean, you're slipping through like design books in a book, bookstore and I just realized that, I think I was in Tokyo then, it's like mm. everything mm. was either just graphics based, image, mm. image, mm. image, yeah, image. Yeah, it's like or, Pinterest. Or, <laughs> or it's a very serious like full text discussion, philosophy, I don't know if designer really reads about philosophy. Yeah, right. serious talk about that kind of uh, subject matter. So I was thinking to myself, why why can't someone make a book that is has like very um, relatable top, topics right. uh, content that that people would be engaged to know more about. You know, like branding is such a everyone wants to know about branding. Everyone asks me about it, and. Uh, all you find in textbooks, you know, the thick, thick textbook that it, right. the colleges um, use. It's, that's like very classroom. And I, want, uh, I just wanted to make sure that the non-classroom people want, could, could enjoy uh, brand stories at their pleasure. So I decided to, I mean, I just came out with that then. I was like, oh, why don't we make a book? I mean, we've worked with our clients. They right. are great brands in Singapore. And then we know we should get the other brands uh, who are really doing great, doing good things out there. Uh, we should interview them, make them, and put them together in a book and, 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 and celebrate them. And we also should talk about, I mean, we should also interview the designers behind them. You know, we want to emphasize right. the fact that, like I said in the talk, um, because these owners, entrepreneurs, the fact that they were successful and um, they stood out from the competition is because they respected design. They wanted design to be in their business uh, so they they intentionally hire good designers to help them with their work so I, I really want to emphasize that too because i also want people to educate people that design is important yeah, 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 yeah. especially in asia when when right. design is not so much valued mm-hmm. i want to make sure that that value is able to elevate after someone understand it through the book so that was that was my intent and then the name so what should we call it? Oh my god. So I say, uh, why don't we just call it brand guide? Because brand guide is like what you do after you finish a whole branding exercise and you provide that brand guidelines to your clients. It's like a pun, but it's, 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 I think it works. So I think that's how it started. And even the structure that how you have made that book is quite unique. And you, I saw this video yesterday in your presentation yeah. that you were putting together. Yes. Everybody was putting together the whole book. That's they're, right. think they're stuck on it and that. Yeah. So much, like you have put so much of effort. Yeah, I mean, love it's uh, because of our crazy idea of <laughs> the brand guide needing to look like a dossier collection of yes, documents. Yes, dossier is the right word for that. And and so, mm. you know, we look, like you said, the materials, we look, yeah. I was like, we need to use that certain color folder material, uh, paper. And it's so hard to find in Singapore, but we managed to hunt something down. And um, because that paper um, was not available, I don't know if you noticed, know we launched with like five colors covered. Four were sold. Okay, so the paper merchant yeah. doesn't have a lot of stock. So in the end, yeah. we we're like, okay, can, okay, maybe we'll have two colors. And then they said, no, actually still not enough. What? Okay, so we, okay, let's pick some more colors. In the end, we needed to have five colors so that they have enough paper stock to support the cover that oh. we need. That was why. It's because of situation. <laughs> but it worked out really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That, that's how we started and... Um, when can we buy it next? 
Okay, that's a good, really great question. The, the undertaking is quite massive in terms of that. financial right. and, 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 and if we didn't get our, our team to put it together, it would be very, very expensive. Very yeah. expensive. Yeah. Um, so we are working on, currently working on two cities, um, but the progress is quite slow, I have to admit. Uh, because of other client work, which I... And you are being your own client as well in this, which this is the is hardest not, part? So, this is not so hard because we already had a... a, a we, under, we already set like a process to it. It's just okay. that uh, because it's in another city, so it's a bit difficult sometimes to coordinate with things that doesn't happen in... Mm. in your own environment. So. Where, which city are you taking? Uh, well, working Canada? on Bangkok and okay. Barcelona. Ah. Yeah. But fingers crossed, fingers yeah. crossed. Um, I wish the best for that because that you. is so interesting. And But what about the previous one? Can we buy it online right now? It's all sold out. Yeah, exactly. So yes. when can we get that? Uh, I need to consult my finance uh, <laughs> department to get funding for that <laughs> printing. So you're doing another book after that, right? After Brand Guide Singapore? It's not a book. It's a small publication. Yeah, it's uh, like a zine sort. Of. Yeah, it's a zine sort. It's, we, we are on our second issue. We're working on our third issue. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a more handy kind of read. Uh, it's an ex sort of an extension of Brand Guide, but in a different way. Uh, we wanted to look at brand, not from the brand owner's perspective, but of how brands impact society in different way, environmental, physical, political, right. I don't know, all that different dimensions. aspect dimension. So um, it's a more serious and intelligent sort of writing um, discourse. Um, so that's what we're working on. More type based, more type, yeah. More written, written but very, that, yeah. very thin and something you can read. Hmm. Maybe when you're taking a bus or a train, you can finish, hopefully you can finish it in that one week. Yeah. yeah. And, and now if we... It's called Critical Mass. Critical Mass. Mass, Critical Mass. Critical Mass, M-A-S-S. Critical Mass, yeah. So go visit readcriticalmass.com. Yes, and you can buy it online. Yes, you can buy it online. I'll leave a link in the podcast notes so that people can buy it. Yes, thank you. Quite nice book. And yeah, so when we're talking about both of these projects and otherwise as well, there's a lot of play of material and yes. form. Uh, I, like I said, I like to, if you saw the website, you know, I like, like, yeah. I like to mix things together, but not in, in chaotic form format. Right. Um, so as with books, I, material is the biggest thing for me, because right. uh, when you touch a book, it's everything. Um, uh, for, the, for the brand guide dossier format, we... Even the, even the clients, client work that you have, there's a lot of play of material. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Everything. Uh, because because I know other studios who are doing great work, but there are only a few people actually like you know experiment with the material itself. Yeah, we we try to do that to push some boundary and make uh, an ordinary project a little bit extraordinary. <laughs> I think that that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. yeah, and and of course the 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 material that we use has to have that same uh, play in that same context as the project. I think context context for me is very very important for whatever yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, like yeah. the brand guy is a dossier, so everything has to be right yeah, for yeah. that dossier look. So uh, in the studio culture, uh, I mean, I would say bureau culture. Studio is fine. Studio is fine, right? <laughs> yeah. So studio culture at uh, foreign policy is very interesting that you, you even have this something called swap, swap show, right? 
Stop Show is um, an exhibition that I sort of initiated because I uh, got to know a bunch of, well, I didn't know them before, but nice. I want to do like an uh, exchange of uh, exhibitions. So it's a, it's a swap show is a separate project in yeah, itself a, that you... Yeah, it's a project. Take like uh, works of five students, studios from Singapore and five studios in Barcelona. That was our first uh, swap show. And we uh, bring them to Barcelona and exhibit. It's like physical work. I'm, I, I've seen work online, but that doesn't blow me away. I want to see physical work. I want to touch it. So the, Barcelon the Barcelonian designers... We will ship their work and we'll, we did an exhibition here as well. So everything you see there, it, you can touch, you can see, and you yeah. realize that, holy shit, this card I saw online, it was huge, but it's actually so small. So it really brings perspective to... So that's what the swap show is about, you know. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have capacity to right. do a second one, but I would love to uh, see if we have time to do it. Uh, With India? Next year, maybe next two years. How about this India? year, this maybe? year is I can't <laughs> promise. This well, is next year in India, maybe. Oh, uh, India, maybe. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. That'd be interesting. So yeah, studios, if you're listening, please get in touch with foreign policy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's something called space program that you have created. Right? Okay, space program is um, a pre. It's actually a precursor to Gallery and Co. I mean, space program was just something that we wanted to experiment. Uh, we wanted to see if we can turn a place, because uh, a lot of the space uh, are turning too mundane or like uh, people just don't know what to do with the space, public spaces. Right. Space program came about because we have an, an interest in that. And, and ho I mean, just coincidentally, one of our clients had a, a hotel and the lobby was looking like it's not doing anything and they also want to do something with it so we mm -hmm. came together and you know um, I proposed like a sort of an installation I mean you saw the project so it's like an installation a, mu a shop a museum uh, it was this was before the museum shop so I wanted to I wanted the visitors to come through and be able to like at first quickly know about Singapore uh, in its in its design creative cultural way because what what they come through they always here for like two, three or four days at most and they come through very quickly. A lot of them are in transit. And all they, all they see is like Malayan, Marina Bay Sands and all that uh, touristy stuff. But no one, no one really goes deep into discovering the, you know, the contemporary, the what's happening today, Singapore, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we, we sold, um, we, we carry um, design products from the local community. And that, that was, like I said, a precursor to the museum shop, yeah. In the museum shop, uh, let's talk particularly about that branding. There's so many projects I would want to talk about. But time. Yeah, exactly, the time. Oh yeah. yeah. So, considering the time, yes. let's just talk about that particular sure. one project. Gallery and Co. Gallery and Co. So, it was so interesting what you did with that and the kind of patterns that you chose and even the kind of merchandise you created. Uh, so, what kind of brief was that? Actually, there was no brief. So you, I, I, you I, created, I created the brief. Um, I, I think I shared at the talk that um, there's no museum-going culture in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And the building itself is so stoic and respectful and historical and like you want to be on your toes, right? Right, right. A museum for most Singaporeans, uh, they feel that it's only for the artists. But that's not true. Art for everyone. We know that, but so my 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 intent is to make sure that our shop um, brings people in, 
doesn't make them feel nervous. They don't need to feel intimidated. They it's don't... very friendly. The yes. Vibe. So which is why the branding is all about the basics of art. You know, like uh-huh. the circles, the triangles, yeah. the shapes, the, the lines. The and grid. Correct. And it, it could be really creative. And it's very primary colors that yeah. you use for that. And, and you can expand forever and ever on the forming of the patterns because that's right. also about art too, right? Right, 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 right. So it's, and it's the primary color. And that, that would actually bring the guard down from people. They feel a bit more, uh, hey, this is a friendly place. I want to come in. So the, I think that was pri- the primary reason, that my, my primary intent of, of the brand branding um, I guess strategy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what do you think about a uh, uh, design scene in Singapore and its future? And because I heard you say that uh, it's the most exciting time to be a designer in Singapore. Yes, it is. Uh, and I think it will continue to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just um, hope that uh, everyone in our community, I mean, I, I feel that we are very fortunate in uh, being in that community. We are small, but I feel that we are quite supportive of one another. and. I mean, there's some competition, but it's not like uh, evil and cutthroat competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that um, everyone's trying to do good work, and I think it's it needs to be encouraged right. more. And I hope to be able to help by also organize a bit more. I mean, as design society, uh, hopefully, with together with uh, my colleagues, we could uh, help to amplify that with more. Um, exhibitions or uh, talks or some kind of educational um, events that we can host to bring people together to elevate the awareness of design and uh, you know like I feel that we are so we are such a global city that Mm. we get so much influence from everyone and there's nothing wrong with that. That's I actually feel. exciting to be honest. Yeah, like uh, that you, you exactly. have so many influences and there, there's a lot yeah. of things you can do. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. And what's next for foreign policy? Um, we hope to do... I mean, we're working on a few other projects, hopefully to uh, next year I can share more. But it's helping traditional business to, you know, to be ahead of the rest of the competition, even though they are traditional. And then for ourselves, we, we want to hope to uh, work more on that editorial piece. I think Brand Guide and Critical Mass has, uh, is something that we are really uh, happy and passionate about. And we just hope that we have more resources and time to work on that. So I think that's, that's the gist of it. Yeah, Ling, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for taking your time. and. Uh, Follow us on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, I'll leave all the links in the, the notes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you find conversations like this valuable and want to help me bring you more content like this, there are many ways you can support this podcast. You can leave a review on the platform you're listening to this podcast on. You can tell a friend about it or you can also share this podcast on social media. You can also extend a financial support. To know more about that, visit designthisway.com. Please know that I really appreciate your support and uh, if you have any comments, feedback, suggestion, feel free to get in touch with me on social media or email. You can get my email and social media links uh, on my website www.kaval.co 
in my next episode i have another interesting guest for you so see you soon